everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I'm Atara, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com. And I'm here with my good friend and amazing co-host, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. How are you today? Hi, Atara. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. Thanks. Well, I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the world's only global parenting magazine, and you can find me at thebabyspot.ca. Today, we are speaking to an important guest who is going to help us navigate through these very difficult times. Atara, who do we have? Grace audience, I'm really happy to welcome Megan Taylor Morrison to our show. Meg was recently featured in a New York Times op-ed article titled, Working at Home, Self-Isolation Doesn't Have to Be Lonely where her virtual co-working community was highlighted. Meg is the founder of Thriving Creator, a virtual community founded to boost community work among those working from home, which seems like everyone today. <laughs> In today's world where coronavirus is dominating our conversations and virtual learning is taking over our children's classrooms, we are happy to talk to Meg who has used Zoom in her professional life long before Zooming became an adjective. Meg's clients come from a variety of industries, including architecture, photography, non-for-profits, coaching, consulting, consumer goods, and I'm sure there will be many, many more. Meg, we're so happy to be talking to you today and hoping that you can help us navigate this new world we find ourselves in. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's great to be here with you ladies. Yeah. So um, tell us about how your Zoom community began, because you know, suddenly within a matter of like literally days, our whole lives have changed. And, you know, people who never thought that they could or would be working at home now are doing just that. Um, but you've been teaching others how to successfully work at home for a long time, way before Corona, you know, was, was a word that everyone knew. So tell us a little bit about that and how you got started. I started the Thriving Creator Collective about 18 months ago. And I created it because I heard so many of my clients who are entrepreneurs or work from home say that they wanted more community in their lives, that they weren't as productive when they were by themselves in their homes, or that they just felt a little lonely working from home. They're living the dream. Yeah, they're living the dream. They have the business they want, but something's still missing. You know, it's interesting you say that, right? Because you just said something, I wonder if you even realize how you said it, you know, living the dream, like working at home was living the dream, right? But suddenly it seems it with Corona and the forced um, working at home, it suddenly seems exactly the opposite. So, you know, I'd love to like get people to um, understand that they don't have to feel so isolated in this social isolation zone that we're in. That's absolutely right. And we've played with so many different ways of using video conferencing to improve what it's like to work from home. I think that video conferencing is an awesome thing for people to start integrating into their lives, whether it's with current colleagues or finding a community of fellow work from homers or entrepreneurs to work with. And um, some of the things that we found through the Thriving Creator Collective is that starting starting the time that we co-work very intentionally can help people really get into flow, become way more productive and feel really inspired in their work versus just slogging through. Okay. So how does it work practically? So practically each of the calls that we run is run by a facilitator and you sign on to zoom. So you see everybody's video icons there and the facilitator will lead two things. One is just something for connection. So he might say, um, 
you know, how are you showing up to the call today? And then there's the declaration of what you'll accomplish and how you want to accomplish it. And this latter part is very important because we typically show up to our work, not really conscious of what energy we're bringing to that work. Ah, uh, that is so key. Mm -hmm. So you might realize, wow, I'm showing up today feeling kind of down or stressed. And what I want to finish in this next hour is I want to you know, work uninterrupted on my book for the next 45 minutes. And the energy I want to bring to it is gratitude. Like, I'm so grateful that I have this chance to work on this book and that even if it's tough, like I'm finally getting my turning this vision into reality. And then everybody mutes and you work and you see everybody's little icons, which is surprisingly effective. Yes. <laughs> wow. And at the end, the facilitator comes back and he checks in with each person. How did you do? How did it go both with getting the task done and with the energy you brought to it? And then we wrap up typically with like a round of gratitudes or sometimes I do a one minute dance party. It just, <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because I'm going to say, you know, Grace and I, as, as hosts of show, we've been um, using zoom for quite a while now, but you know, my children and school age children, they haven't really known what Zoom is until literally last week, you know, two weeks ago at most. You know, I'm here in New York City, so we closed private schools around two weeks ago. Um, and our school has been really effective at getting Zoom classes up. So really the virtual learning is, is pretty seamless. And what, what you said was so interesting, like my um, young child, she likes to see her friends on the screen. So it's so interesting that you say that. And even when they're all muted, sometimes I'll come in and it's very, very quiet. Everyone's on mute. And she's like, I guess her teacher gave them like a little work assignment, but they're all watching each other. They pick up their head and they get to see their friend as though they would in a classroom. So that is, I think what you're saying is that there's something about that sense of community that's helpful to children and to people exactly. around them, right? Exactly. There's so much focus right now on physical health and we can't forget mental and emotional health, which a community is a huge piece of that. And even if you're not in the same physical space, being able to see someone else's face, being able to know that they're there and that you can come off mute and have a conversation with them, that really makes a difference for us. It sounds like it. It sounds like the the key word here is presence. Just feeling that there's another presence with you, even though that's online, that seeing other people uh, constructively work to a common goal, which is to better our businesses and better ourselves, or in the case of recently, helping our children through school, just having the presence of others is so comforting for both entrepreneurs and in today's world, students. Absolutely. I recently was listening to an interview, an NPR interview with a woman who had been quarantined in China and she was in her apartment alone all day long for weeks. And what she would do is she would call her family at home and just leave them on speakerphone as she went throughout her day. And she said it made the biggest difference for her just to know that they were present. Right. Wow. That's just, just to be able even like to FaceTime and, and to like go about your day with your friend. That's actually a good thing to encourage, you know, your children to do maybe with their friends during this, this crazy time, go about your day, do other things, but at least, you know, you're able to, to see each other and see their home and what's going on in their home, as opposed to just seeing your home. So that's probably effective. Now I'm wondering, Meg, um, did this start, um, like with writers? Is that what your background, tell us a little about what your background is. 
I'm a professional life and business coach, and many of my clients are entrepreneurs. So it started with a group of entrepreneurs and change makers that I knew through my work or just through out being in the world from different communities that I've been a part of, including I'm an avid social dancer. So a lot of the people on, on the, in the community are people I know through dance. And the, we all shared that common thread that we spend a lot of time working from home. There's tasks that sometimes we don't want to do because we're resisting them or they're daunting or they're just annoying. Uh, and I just, like I mentioned, was talking to so many people and kept hearing the same thing about the challenges of working from home. So I ran a little test for about a month and had all these people sign on from all over the United States, Europe, Canada to work and people loved it. So we just kept it going. This sounds really neat. And what I love is the community. So not only are you just sharing your affirmations and what you want to have done by the end of the day, you also get to experience other people's goals, which I would think would better your business as a whole during all this as well. Yes. Well, it's definitely, we make an effort to encourage community. So in addition to doing the co-working calls, we also have coffee chats every month. We been called authentic relating games, which I facilitate normally in person, but not right now. And we make an effort to get to know the other people on the calls. So I think it's a combination. I truly believe that for most businesses, a solid community is part of what makes them work. And for me, this is part of my community. So it it's not it's not the big money maker in my business, but it definitely I feel like has my clients get to know me, get to know each other, and it becomes something that you don't really want to leave because you know the people and they're great. Yeah, the the camaraderie, right, of of having coworkers really can't be um, measured. It's and or underestimated. Really, it's such an important thing, and the ability to bounce things off of other people. So I'm wondering in your in your chat and your Zoom, you know, chats, are people able to just whenever they have a question to unmute and say, "Hey, everybody, what do you think of this?" Or how does that work actually practically? So we prioritize folks focusing independently on what they're doing, and during those co-working sessions, we do not come off mute just to like respect everybody's working time. But that's part of why we do these community calls because people come to those and we say, what support do you need? What are you really challenged with right now? And how can we support you on that? So they work hand in hand, the, mm -hmm. the groups, because really you need both of them in equal you measure, do. right? Okay. You okay. do. And once in a while, people will put little celebrations into the chat box, they'll be like, I finished early, I'm moving on to the next thing. Or like, I, um, you know, I'm challenged with this. What do you think? Like people can use the chat box, but we don't have them come off mute just so it doesn't disturb other people who might be in the flow. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting. I also, in, in the last two weeks with Corona, have said to my, my kids, um, guys, every morning, you know, you got to get dressed and, you know, I've two of my children, no problem. <laughs> one of them is somewhat resistant, but why, you know, no one's going to see me. And I'm like, you know, it sets the tone. <laughs> so like, first of all, you are on zoom. So actually they are going to see you, <laughs> but, um, it's, it actually like sets the whole tone of where the day is going. Do you agree with that? Do you find that most people actually will come in to the chats having gotten dressed and having, Put themselves at least somewhat together so they're not in their PJs. You know, most people do, and once in a while somebody's in their PJs, and that's totally fine. That's okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, we keep it relaxed. And <laughs> I've even been thinking recently, like, man, we need to have like a funny hat day or a right. I love that. Day. Like, do something to eat, like lighten it, and make it even more fun, and bring this, you know, this energy of humor and play to the session. So 
And really, people can use it to make sure they get showered, come in, and maintain the routine since maintaining a routine right now is important to our mental health. It's, it's really, really important. And it's, it's cute you said that about the crazy hat day. So my kids' school has done that. They had a day of dress up. Like, let's do dress up for, you know, the younger kids, which just made, you know, at first, you know, my my um, older children were like, wow, that's so silly. <laughs> but you know what? Then everyone did it. And it became something that was like really cute to see, oh, look, look what my friends did. And, you know, just to keep normalcy going because this is such a, a hard time for, for children, parents, everybody. So where do you see um, this whole um, Zoom and your company going in this Corona time? Like, because there's so much opportunity to do good with this now. So what's your plan? My plan is to give people a community that they look forward to coming to. I feel like right now people, uh, are they don't have the things they typically look forward to, whether it's a dance class or meeting up with a friend for coffee. So my goal is to make sure that the, everyone who comes in develops a sense of connection with the others that are there. So I've increased recently the number of coffee chats and outside events from co-working so that people are really starting to feel more of a sense of community. Um, I'd love to see this grow to be, it, it's, it's wild, you know, because people who have never met each other in person have become friends through this platform and have, have developed relationships beyond just co-working with each other. So that's really my vision is I want really awesome people, only awesome people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everyone hear that. <laughs> And, uh, and to all like enjoy the heck out of each other and, and create an atmosphere that people, this is what they look forward to at a time when so much has been, so much has changed. And listen, we, we can't underestimate, you know, I try to acknowledge for myself and my husband and my kids, we can't underestimate uh, the loss of the actual physical contact of people being in the presence of others. Um, and that has to be acknowledged and that has to be talked about and dealt with. But this is something that we can say, not forever, because this isn't going to go on forever. But for now, let's make the most out of difficult times by using technology in a really positive way to do these positive things that, as you say, help our mental health. Because that's so key during these times is to not fall into despair and depression and loneliness and isolation. Yeah, you know, this this co-working community never would have made the New York Times before this pandemic. It's timely. And what I think is interesting is that I believe that a lot of people who end up joining now will stay as part of the community because they'll fall in love with it. And, you know, there's, in terms of the much farther vision, I can see running trips that are focused on co-working and finishing that project or finishing that book where you're getting to meet some of these people that you've been co-working alongside at, you know, a beautiful place in France or, you know, in Mexico or wherever you want to go. Um, and just continuing to build these relationships because our world is so interconnected and the people who live in the Netherlands, for instance, are just a flight away. There's no reason you can't be having dinner with them next when week. When <laughs> this is over, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to end without talking about your swing dancing. Come on, tell yes. us something about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I took some swing dancing lessons. I love it. Yeah, it is. It's the joy of my life. It, so I do Lindy Hop, which is the original form of swing dancing. That love came it. Out of, wow. Yeah, out of Harlem. 
Uh, and it is just, I didn't know passion before I saw it. And the moment I saw it, I just fell wildly in love and was, I like, I, I didn't even know what to do with myself. So uh, ever since then, I've been an avid dancer and it's expanded to other types of dancing, but my heart, my heart is in Lindy Hop. So do you do some of those classes on Zoom? Because that would be such a great thing to do now. I'm sure there's so many people who would love that. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> See, Grace will sign up right I now. will sign up for your class. <laughs> you got one already. Yeah. You know, I'll I... come in as long as you can like take my um, video away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, dance is a beautiful part-time part-time piece of my work now. And what's coming down the pipeline for me, uh, you know, when coronavirus is over is I'm going to be launching trips that include coaching and dance and community in different places like flamenco in Spain or, you know, yeah, bachata in the Dominican Republic. So definitely stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, you know, this is something I do part-time and I, I don't want to take any attention away from the incredible artists that are doing this full-time and are offering things online. Like um, Joe Hofberg, who, you know, Joe Hofberg is a very well-known artist or Latasha Barnes or, you know, any number of other incredible folks. So, and I also support the local, um, the local swing dance community, which is called Hot Jam in Atlanta. And they've done something incredible, which is that they've taken all their classes online and that they're bringing in these amazing instructors digitally via Zoom That's for great. classes. Oh, that's incredible. That's great. You have to share that with us because I'd love to share that with our audience because I think that is something that is good for them physically and mentally and emotionally as well. So that's great. So it's been like really great having you on. I'm really glad that I read that op-ed in the New York Times because I think that this is really where we need to be as we get through this coronavirus and the, and the social isolation, which is so difficult. But this is and things like this are going to make it, you know, more bearable. And I dare I say we could even have fun with it. So um, we're, we're going to try to have fun with each other during this difficult time. And this is certainly a move in that direction. So thank you for coming on and telling us all about it and explaining it. Thank you it. so much. It was really... so great to get to know you. Yeah. It was a delight. And I think the thing for listeners to take away is that Play, fun, community, and gratitude are the things that are going to keep us high vibe, going to keep us going. And it's there's so many ways to create that right now. So, so find them, create them, and make use of them. And we will have all of the information about where to find you in our show notes, but please just um, give us um, your website right now. It's www.thethrivingcreator.com or www.megantaylormorrison.com. Amazing. Thank you again, Meg. It was so great chatting. Have a good rest of your day.